Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hi, Jenna Cameron, John Ritchie. It is the new 94 WIP morning show. If you're just tuning in right now, welcome. And thanks for being with us. We'll take you till uh, 10 o'clock today. Joe Giglio and Hugh Douglas up at that point. They had Brian Dawkins on their show yesterday. We've been playing some of the audio through the show today, including... We got to get to this right now because we haven't focused yet on Doc's assessment of the flag on Bradbury. Um, we hate it to call for a lot of different reasons. Let's hear what Doc had to say when he joined Joe and Hugh yesterday. Here's Brian Dawkins on that such a pivotal moment in the game, the flag against Bradbury. Just think of you know NFL and officiating kind of like a baseball strike zone. Like if you let it go all game, if you kind of establish it's going to be you could be physical. Maybe defensive back says, okay, I could be physical. What did you make of the call on James Bradbury with less than two minutes to go? Well, how you described it is how oftentimes we play it. So you go out early in the game, and I remember kind of learning this from actually Troy Presenting, You know, you kind of see how, how, what you can get away with early and see how they call in the game, and then you can play the game that way the rest of the game. And so they hadn't really called anything that whole game. Um, pass interference, call offensive pass in the rubs, nothing. And so at that point, as a defensive back, you probably would feel okay with doing that, giving a little tug. It wasn't a true pull and, and hold on to. It was a quick tug, and usually they don't call those things, but, but they did. But they did. All right, so from one former Eagle safety to another, to Rodney McLeod. So, Rodney, no one is disputing that James Bradbury literally held him. Yeah. But there's a difference between a hold that should be called and a hold that shouldn't be called. In my opinion, bad call, your answer. Tough call to make in that situation, uh, for sure. I think what got him in trouble was the probably the extension just a little bit. Uh, and, and, and so you hate to see the game in that way, the fact that in result, right, of the holding call, now the Chiefs are able to use the clock yep. and melts it down towards eight seconds. Are you saying, though, good call? I'm not saying good call. I'm saying you also can't you can't be mad at the call either because it still is a hold, right? Like it's it's a part of the game. Yeah. You just hate to see that it came down to that. That was the final decision that pretty much determined the outcome. It did. I mean, once that Rodney, how, as soon as as soon as that flag was thrown, I turned to everyone I was with. I said the game's over. Yeah. How often does that happen, though, Rodney? That they the, the officials let the the DBs play a certain way all game, and then they just rip that away from you. It is true. Is that rare? 
no, like most of the time you'll get a feel early on in the game and how the refs are, are going to call, uh, you know, be calling that game. You know, they might come up to you, hey, you know, I, I saw, you know, a little extra contact, you know, there. Just make sure your, your placement's a little lower. Mm. Or I could have called you right there, so next time, you know, I'm just warning you. Yeah. And, you know, I think because of the fact that the game was so clean, like there were very, you know, minimal uh, penalties. There were. You know, within that game, especially when you come to holding, pass interference, that it caught everyone off guard and just it was in shock. Like, yeah. Well, where that, did this even come? And, you know, the typical, you know how it goes. Any DB knows the, the infamous. It comes 15 brutal. seconds later. Yeah. You know, brutal. You're, you're pretty much walking back to the huddle when you see a flag. Um, I mean, the ball literally hit know? the ground. <laughs> ball hit the ground, and then the ref said, I'll throw a flag. That's yeah, not right. Yeah, that's, that was, that's that not, was ugly. Yeah. That was the worst part for me. But do you know, as a as a DB, that certain groups of officials will let you play a certain way? You have a report. You definitely have a report. And I yeah. know si- – Nick Sirianni does a good job at emphasizing the likelihood and the the report of the uh, the the referee crew. Right, yeah. this guy, this crew has called a lot of defensive holdings. This crew has called a lot of roughing the passers. So you have an idea, and and you just try to adjust as a, as a player. Yeah, well, what the, the fact that they hadn't called a defensive holding in something like five hundred and forty six. That's what snaps it, with that crew along those that lines. Crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that was a killer. Rodney McLeod with us, Rhea James, Joe Cameron, John Ritchie. This segment right now sponsored by Regency Furniture. Affordable never looked so good. More from Doc in that interview yesterday. We'll get to that coming up shortly. Very critical if you missed it. Very critical of Jonathan Gannon to Scott and King of Prussia right now. Hi, Scott. Hey, greetings, greetings. Good morning, everybody. Greetings, Scott. So I have lots of on-hold thoughts here. Um, I think that it's very likely that if we could go back and we saw different angles of the Super Bowl and the tape, it's very likely that we would see Andy Reid or one of his coaches getting in the ears of the referee to set up that call. Um, probably we're not getting the, the – obviously weren't getting the holding call earlier on Bradbury, but my guess is that they were in that ref's ear – the entire game, and yeah. and and that's likely what happened. Dan, what do you, real quickly before I go to the other points, what do you think about that? I I think it's it's very real. It's very possible. That's part of a head coach's job to ride yeah. those officials to you know bend them to your will to some degree. And I think the fact that Andy Reid is Andy Reid. That factors in. And not just Reed, Scott, also Mahomes. That Mahomes is Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, that's right. That's, that's right. You know, it's mm. not a small fact. I think it's I think it's very likely that that happened on the on the sidelines. Anyway, I wanted to talk Phillies. Um, you guys know how high I am on Sosa. You know that I've been uh, beating beating down the, the beating the drum for him. I think the opportunity is going to come for him this year. Uh, being the fact that we have the depth is not um, super deep. Um, I think he, whether it's through injury or whether it's just through his talent, he's going to crack the starting lineup at some point. He's going to be in that lineup, whether it's a nah. third, nope. I, I'm, it's going to happen. You watch whether it's through injury or his defense. And if given the opportunity, he will uh, on, on a, on an offensive team that's producing his defense and the offense that he can produce make him a regular. They are trying him out the field, right? No, I'm, yeah. saying, I'm, not, I'm not 
him some time, um, I'm all for it because I think I think his defense is so needed yeah, on Steve, this team. His defense I mean, is great. I mean, there's no doubt about listen, that. I, I just don't think he'll hit enough, Scott. I really don't. Okay, I, I disagree. I think if you go back to his rookie year and if you take a look at the at-bats that he was given – he produced. And Listen, every, 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 once in a while, every once in a while, a guy it surprises you. I mean, I, I remember when the Phils got Shane Victorino. I never thought ever, ever, ever that he would turn into a really good, actually borderline great player. I mean, he was a rule five guy. Yeah, he was an all-star. I think maybe twice with the Phillies. So sometimes it happens, but I'll, I'll be surprised. Scott, give me a great answer to a notable villain. All right, real quick before that, though, John, when you listen to that cut of our punter, Talking about a shank, how much did you want to crush his face? Uh, I get very frustrated when they have one job and they don't do it properly. Especially when it shouldn't right. even be in their job anymore. Scott, who's the villain? Absolutely. All right, so when I think of villains, I think of this guy. I, I just talking about wanting to crush his face. Um, Hans Landa. Oh, yeah. Chris, Who's that? Yeah. Glorious Bastards. Yeah, that's a great movie. It's a great man. movie. It's a great He's movie. He's phenomenal in it, Chris yeah. Falls. He really is. There's no doubt. Let's go to Dr. Gina right now. How you doing, Dr. Gina? Hey, good. Day two in the book is almost in the books. You're doing a great job. It's just you're doing a great job. I'm very proud of you. Rhea, I'm, I'm so happy that we're into day two, and you haven't killed Joe yet. That's <laughs> very admirable of you. I'm, I'm giving you big-time props, girlfriend. Thank so. you. I appreciate it. <laughs> So uh, let me just say one thing. Like, I don't know what game Elliot Shore Parks watched in the second half. Like, I don't know whether he was, like, having – I don't know where he's even coming from in defending Gannon. But for me, in my estimation, I laid the second half failure firmly, squarely at Jonathan Gannon's feet. You know, Nick Sirianni, as the head coach, should have been coming up to Gannon at halftime and saying, you know, what the F are you doing? Let's switch things around a little bit. Well, and there bit. was no issues at halftime. Well, they given up seven, no given up seven points. True. This is true. But as as the second half progressed, you know, something had to change. Nothing changed. But, Gina, and, what about the players? I mean, I hear you. I'm not saying Gannon uh, was good, but there are players that the Eagles relied on. I thought Slay and Bradbury against a yes. pretty weak Chiefs receiving core. I didn't think they played great. I thought T.J. Edwards, who had a really good year, maybe even borderline, like, excellent year. Right. I thought he was bad. The pass rush didn't get there. No, some of that was the field. I just think the focus on Gannon, in my opinion, is too extreme. I think this is a lot more spread out than people are making it out to be. Everybody shares blame in it. Everybody shares blame in it. But when the, it's so obvious that your scheme is not working and it's the Super Bowl for crying out loud, yeah. you need to change something up. You can't keep all – that's what my boyfriend would call andying it up. Like he always says, well, you know, just, Yeah, but just to know this, Sheena, if, if the thing is like, got a blitz, got a blitz. Well, he did on that one touchdown. They all came. <laughs> And yeah, all I, of them, all of them. It, it and wasn't just blitzing. It was playing man when you should have been playing zone. It was playing zone when you should have been playing man. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, I think Gannon's head was elsewhere. I do. It I, might have been. I can't. It might Human have been. nature says, you know, you've got a big head time, a head coaching job looming ahead of you. Maybe you're not fully thinking about what's going on right in front yeah. of you. Right, I'm G just saying. Gina, give me a great answer for a, a famous villain. Anybody say Cruella DeVille? No. <laughs> no. Good you, one. You, all right, Doc. Critical of Jonathan Gannon. Cut two is more so than cut one. Let's start with the first cut where you can kind of tell he's not a huge fan of Jonathan Gannon. Here's uh, Brian Dawkins with Joe and Hugh yesterday. What 
Rich did is he took advantage of the personnel that the front office gave them. Got got a lot of dudes that can win one-on-one battles. And so he put those guys in position to have that success during the year. The only thing that I kept saying the whole year is that when your fastball is not working, you have to have a changeup. Mm-hmm. And you have to be used to throwing that changeup. You know, for us, we're going to blitz, right? We're going to disguise. We're going to move around. And so it, you know, just like I know, Hugh, that how many times we walk through blitzes. We walk through specific angles. This is the trajectory. This is the angle excuse, you want to take. So as one offensive lineman can't block two, those type of mm-hmm. things. And so for a team that does not blitz, and when you ask them to blitz, it's a foreign subject to them. So that's why for me, and people were getting on me, well, they're getting sacks. Well, I love the sacks. Continue to get the sacks. But also mix in the blitz so that those guys know what to do when, pl- when plan A is not working and you have to go to plan B. Plan B happened this past um, uh, past Sunday. And, that, and he's calling him Rich. He's getting the Rich Gannon, Jonathan Gannon thing confused. So you get a taste there. He's not in love with the Gannon thing. But this is the line. This is the cut where you can really tell, man, Doc, not at all a fan of Jonathan Gannon. You weren't winning your one-on-one battles. Why? Because the field was jacked up. So that's mm-hmm. one of the things that neutralizes speed rushers, right? It's a sloppy field. That was a sloppy field. So you have to do other things. And Rich did not do a good job of adjusting to that, to getting away from his fastball, going to uh, change-ups or different blitz packages. And as for me, playing under, um, under this defensive coordinator, me personally, I would have hated it because none of the things that I was blessed to do, blitzing and all of those things, would have been added to this defense under uh, Rich Gannon. And Rich Gannon, Jonathan. Poor, poor Rich Gannon, man. <laughs> Rich, what did Rich do? <laughs> right, exactly. What did Rich do? <laughs> I, you know, it, it, I think it's a great point that Doc brings up about you have to practice uh, the blitzes to be good at the blitzes. But uh, look, we we have not we've neglected to talk about the fact that the Chiefs ran for 158 yards <laughs> on yeah. defense. You know, Rodney, yeah. how surprising was that to you? Your your Colts defense played this Chiefs team earlier in the season. I I never expected Andy Reid to stick with the run. He did. 158 yards. How surprising was that to you? I think it was surprising to everybody, uh, especially the way the they entered into the second half, right? You're down 24-14. You're down by 10. And I think Andy Reid's pass would tell you that he's going to lean more on his potential, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. But he chose otherwise. He, he stayed consistent with the run game. And that was one thing that I talked about when I was on the show is, I feel like for the Eagles, where they also have struggled throughout the year, are teams that can run the ball consistently sure. and control the clock, but keep the, applying the pressure on the defensive line, who is, you know, honestly, your your saving grace. You know, th- that is the primary reason why they had so much success this year is because of that defensive line. And, and I'm not discrediting my guys in the secondary and, and at the linebacker level, but that D line, I mean, the the numbers and statistics show they're they're probably one of the best to ever line up. You know, their their depth is is unbelievable. And so when that was non effective in the Super Bowl, as as B Dog you know pointed out, then you saw a lot of the areas of concern that were naturally covered up, um, and they made them yeah. work. And I and I saw that committed effort from Andy Reid early in the game. He was going to apply pressure on Hassan Reddick screens. He's going to make you think. Yep. 
than rather just, okay, all I'm yeah. going to focus on is rushing the pass of this game. Like, we're yeah. going to run the ball at you. We're going to put a couple guys at you. We're going to go screens. And it's frustrating as a player. Sure. He put great mental strain on those guys yeah. at all the levels. The linebackers, yeah. our linebackers, we all feel like they played poor games. But how difficult is it when you're playing linebacker and you have to think, you have to contend, run first. Yeah. You know, you, you have to step up rather than, you know, making sure you're where you need to be in your zone. Correct. It, how much harder is that for TJ Edwards and Kaiser? It's a lot It's a lot harder, you know, and, and that's why it, it was effective. And now that's why you have Kelsey, you know, open in space, uh, you know, 20 yards down the field is now you've established a run game and you got to credit Pacheco. You know, they found something in him, uh, a young running back, a rookie, uh, who runs the ball hard, yeah. fast, uh, somebody that you didn't necessarily think uh, would play a huge part uh, for your team. But Super Bowl, man, he's he's one of the dark Listen, horses. I'll tell you this, Ronnie, if they don't draft him, yeah, they might not have, probably would not have won Super Bowl. Yeah, and no. that was a that was a big time get by them. Twitter poll question today is brought seventh to us round, I think. Yeah, I yeah, mean, seventh round. Yeah. Finally, it's. It's unbelievable. I mean, and he kind of looks like Tyreek Hill. I mean, he's small number ten guy, and obviously he's not nearly as good as Tyreek Hill. But he, for a rookie man, he was guy was pretty good. He runs hard. He does. Twitter poll question of the day is brought to us by Armin Chevrolet of Ardmore. Armin Chevrolet celebrating their twenty third anniversary. Huge savings on every Armin Chevrolet Equinox. Find new roads. ArminChevy.com. All right, today's question. We were kind of like one final time looking to put a bow on this Jonathan Gannon thing and just get an assessment of what people think of Gannon. As a defensive coordinator, obviously he no longer is. But what was he as a defensive coordinator? We said fill in the blank. Was he good, average, or bad? John, your assessment? Yeah. Where do you think people came down today on Twitter? I think everyone just hates on Gannon, and he has become the scapegoat <laughs> for this team. So I'm going to guess 67% say bad. In one of the most shocking Twitter polls I have ever encountered in our six and a half years <laughs> on WIP, because, by the way, I would not say bad. But I, like you, John, thought a lot of people would skew that way because of the recency issue yeah. and how much it's been discussed. Bad was only 13%. How about that? I voted several times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good was 22%, and average was 65%. And I'm, wow. James, are you, are you surprised slash shocked? I'm shocked. I'm not just surprised. I'm shocked. Are you disappointed, Ray? I'm, I'm pleasantly pleased it wasn't good. Yeah. But I but, but, I, but I said to you in the beginning of the show, I mean, listen, I'm very bitter about the Super Bowl, but I thought I think he's somewhere above average to good. But he has he has certain holes in in the way he coaches that can be exploited. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s. It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month. with Eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.